Now that same day, two of them were on their way to a village called Emmaus, which is about seven miles from Jerusalem. Together they were discussing everything that had taken place. And while they were discussing and arguing, Jesus himself came near and began to walk along with them. But they were prevented from recognizing him. Then he asked them, what is this dispute that you're having with each other as you're walking? And they stopped walking and looked discouraged. The one named Cleopas answered him, are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that happened there in these days? What things? He asked them. So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, powerful in action and speech before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we were hoping that he was the one who was about to redeem Israel. Besides all of this, it's the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women from our group astounded us. They arrived early at the tomb and when they didn't find his body, they came and reported that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they didn't see him. He said to them, how foolish and slow you are to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Wasn't it necessary for the Messiah to suffer these things and enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted for them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. They came near the village where they were going and he gave the impression that he was going farther. But they urged him, stay with us because it's almost evening and now the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. It was as he reclined at the table with them that he took the bread, blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him, but he disappeared from their sight. They said to each other, weren't our hearts burning within us while he was talking with us on the road and explaining the scriptures to us? That very hour, they got up and returned to Jerusalem. They found the eleven and those with them gathered who said, the Lord has truly been raised and has appeared to Simon. Then they began to describe what had happened on the road and how he was how he was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth that we can touch, revelation that we can hold in our hands. Thank you that it is alive. And, and, and Lord, you use it today to build us up, to challenge us, to encourage us, and, and to edify us as individuals and as your body. Open our eyes to the wonders of your word and Holy Spirit translate it to each heart. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Quick recap of where we've where we've been. We won't spend a lot of time on it. Obviously, last Sunday, Resurrection Day, we covered that in the text. Christ's crucifixion, his burial, his resurrection, huge, big, uh, arcing storylines. And then this week, he, he drills it right back down to, to real life, closer to home, just two dudes on the road. We know what's happened. Jesus came to Jerusalem. It was towards the end of his ministry here. And we know that he was uh, turned over by one of his own to the chief priests and the temple police to be arrested, to be brought before uh, the authorities of the day. Why? Because they wanted to kill him. They wanted to crucify him. They were successful in that. They got it done. 
he, he died on the cross, was buried in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. And then we read on Sunday, he rose again on the, the third day. Big time stuff, huge stuff. And if you want to go back, if you've missed any of that, uh, you, you can catch up with it uh, either on the website, camdobelieverschurch.com or Apple Podcasts. Just search for Believers Church and look for the logo. But I love how we get the big, huge parts of the story and then he brings it back down to real life of just two dudes walking down the road. Who were these people that were walking down the road? It says there were two disciples of Jesus, not of the 11, which used to be the 12, right? Judas is gone now. Not of the 11, but of the other people that were following Jesus, one of them named Cleopas, I think, and his buddy. And when is this happening? It's happening on Resurrection Sunday. It's later in that day. It's on the same day. It's the first work day of the week after the Passover. And where is this taking place? It's on the road to Emmaus. They're going out of Jerusalem. It says that the, where they were going, Emmaus was about seven miles. Your translation may be a little bit different. It just depends on how they chose to measure that distance in the language there, but about seven miles away. And they're walking along and they're talking about everything that's been going on. And there's been a lot going on. A lot has gone on. And it says they're even arguing about some of these things. And while that's happening, while they're discussing this, everything that's been going on, while they're even having arguments about it, it says Jesus himself comes near to them. Jesus himself came near and began to walk along with them. And basically says, hey, what you guys talking about? What, this stuff you're arguing about, I hear you talking so passionately, you're arguing. What, what's going on? And they're walking and they just stop and they look at him and they say, are you serious? Are you serious right now? Are you the only person in the whole like countryside that doesn't know what's been going on these last few days? And they run through for him what I just went over with you. He was like, well, no, I don't. Tell me, tell me more about that. And they go into it with him. And he was like, you know, we were hoping he was the Messiah. Moreover, you know, these, these ladies that were with us, they believe like we do. They went down to the tomb. They say he's not there. They come back and say that Simon goes and tries to find him there. He didn't find him there. He's like, so we, we, we don't know what to think about all this. And in verse 25, he said, you are so foolish and slow of heart to believe what the prophet said and what's been written in the scriptures. Didn't it say that the Messiah would suffer when he was coming into his kingdom? And it says, then beginning with Moses and the prophets, he walks them through the scripture, interpreting it for them, everything in it that had to do with him. Basically, he starts to open it up to them and teach them about, yeah, you know how that part, he told him that in Exodus, well, that was about me. You know, this process and this practice that he taught you to observe, that was about me. Here's how it connects. And he starts to tell them all of these things. And it says, then they get near the village where they were going. They get closer to Emmaus and Jesus, who they had been prevented from recognizing. Somehow we don't know, but that's kind of cool. They had been prevented from recognizing him and they get close to where they're about to stop. And he makes like he's going to keep on going. And then they say, well, hold on, hold on. It's getting late. You know, why don't you come on here and just hang out with us while they're enjoying what, what, what they're hearing from this anonymous 
teacher. So he goes in to stay with them. He reclines at the table at supper time. And then he takes the bread. He blesses it. He breaks it and gives it to him. And whatever it was that was preventing them from recognizing him, that falls away when they hear him bless the bread. And then they see him. They see it's Jesus. And then he disappears. I mean, so wild stuff going on. They look at each other. They're like, I'm pretty sure that was Jesus that just disappeared, right? I mean, you saw that. And it said, didn't our hearts burn on the inside of us when he was explaining to us the scriptures? And then they hurried back to Jerusalem. They found the 11 and they're like, and the 11 are like, hey, listen, he is raised. Simon saw him. They're like, well, you're not going to believe what happened to us. Let me tell you what's been going on. And so just an amazing part in the story of Jesus after the resurrection. And I want to share with you a few things out of this that that encouraged me. Again, we're going to go from big overarching truths about the resurrection to day to day application in our life. And I love that about God. He shows us the big and he takes it down to levels that we can apply it today. Uh, May not even be very long. Don't hold me to that. Because you're like, yeah, anyway, we believe it when we see it, Stephen. You say that sometimes. So a few things that I want to encourage you in this, out of this story, in this account of the the disciples on the road to Emmaus, the, the first thing is Jesus will meet you on the road where you are. He will meet you on the road where you are. He's the resurrected Christ. He is completely victorious. And yet he shows up with two dudes walking down the road to Emmaus. Do you know where Emmaus is in Israel? Nobody does. People go, well, I think it could have been talking about this. There's really not a lot of record about maybe it was referring to this. This record that we have has something that sounds like Emmaus in it, but it wasn't a big place. So much so that it didn't live on in history. There's not a record of it. They're basically on a road to nowhere. A small town nowhere. And Jesus shows up. Jesus will show up on the road where you are, which is encouraging because we are not the same. Right? We're not the same. We're not at diff- we're not at the same place in our life. We haven't had the same experiences in our life. We are not on the same place on the road. We're not the same. Even though we may be doing similar things. I'll give you some examples. So, a couple weeks ago, Abby and I were driving to church. Abby was driving me to church. That's an adventure. And we meet Tyler Woods. He's running on the road. That's what he does. Bless him. He's running And I see him later and he says, I wanted to tell you one of your headlights is out. You've only got one headlight lit. I'm like, okay, great. So I'm like, I can do this. I can replace this headlight. Anybody replaced a headlight before? A few? Okay. I can do this. I can replace this headlight, right? I've done it before. Some older vehicles, it's like two or three, maybe four or five bolts to take out to replace the headlight. Anybody ever had that experience? Yeah. So I, I look under the hood of my car and I go, let me just go ahead and get an eyeball on this. You know, I'm going to go ahead and evaluate it so that I know what's going on. And I look under there and I'm like, I don't really see how you're going to get to that headlight. That's weird. I'm, so I'm, then I'm looking forward to watching the YouTube video. That's what I do now. 
hey, this won't work. This needs to be replaced. At least show me the video. Let me see if I can do it. First video that comes up is 10 minutes long. That worried me. Uh, and then the first line, the guy says, let me tell you, I don't know who designed this, but I'd like to punch them in their face. <laughs> and I said, that's probably not a good start. That's not going to go well for me trying to do this. And so I watch him, I see what he's saying. And he's like, you have to take the whole bumper cover off. So instead of, you know, four or five bolts, it's more like 20 or 25 bolts in those weird little push things that once you pull them out, you can't get them back in. If you don't know, don't mess with them. Uh, They're a problem. It's all kinds of, of that stuff. And I was like, well, maybe this guy just didn't know. Maybe he just did it poorly. So I watched two or three more videos and every single one of them at the beginning, the guy said, I'm going to show you how to change the headlight on this Chevy Malibu. But let me tell y'all, this is not right. This is terrible. This is awful. This is the worst thing I've ever seen. Some people are saying you can do this. You can't even do that. You have to do all of it. Like you have to lay on the ground underneath the car to get this thing out. And so here's my point. I can tell you that I had to change my headlight and it took me, however long it took me, an hour and a half to do it. And you can look at me and go, well, it takes me like five minutes to change a headlight, right? But we're not the same. So we're both changing a headlight, but we're not the same. I'm doing it on something different. You're having a different experience. We're not the same. And so we have that in life, all kinds of things where we can go, hey, I'm raising this kid. You're raising that kid. Guess what? We're still not the same. We're doing the same thing. The act is similar, but it's not the same. You may have one uh, kid. The, The headlight takes five minutes to replace. Mine may take all afternoon and three YouTube videos. And we're doing the same thing, but we're in different places on it. Does that make sense? Maybe headlights isn't isn't your deal. The power was uh, out. The electricity was off at my house yesterday and I needed to make coffee. If you made coffee at your house and the electricity was on, guess what? You had a lot better experience. It didn't take you very long at all. It was very easy for you to do. It involved me, a barbecue grill in about 45 minutes of wondering if it was gonna work. Again, we're doing the same thing. But we're, we're, we're in such different situations that, that it is actually different. And so we need to remember that when things in life are harder for us than somebody else. We need to remember that and go, we might, we're probably not the same. When Abby was little, we thought we were bad parents. Because other parents are like, yeah, my kid just does what they're supposed to do. I don't know. They put themselves down for a nap. It's going great. And I'm like, that is not my experience at all. I'm not having that happen at all. Everything was a fight. Everything was a war, right? It's doing the same thing. And so I could real easy feel real low about myself because we're not the same and I'm treating it like we're the same. Or it helps me love others and be gracious to others when it only takes me a minute to do this and they're struggling to do it. It helps me understand, go, oh, no, 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 no. I can't just go. Well, just do it. Why don't you just do it? It's easy. Just do it. Why? No, why? We're not the same. Same things, differences. We, we know that, right? We feel that in life. But thank God Jesus shows up on the road where you are. Not where you should be, not where you ought to be, not where the other person is, but you're way over here. He shows up on the road where you are.
are. So here they are walking and talking about him. Two people walking along talking about Jesus. Let me tell you something. If two people are together talking about Jesus, it's not going to be long for a third person is there. And that's him. He says, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, guess what? I'm there also. I'm there also. If three are talking about him, it may not be long before we add a fourth in there. He is there. And, and, and with them, he was there physically. He, he, he walks up along with them, finds him on the road where they are, and then he starts to lead them. He starts to lead them, not in the direction where they were going, but, but their thoughts and their conversation. Because he walks up and he goes, hey, what are, you, what, are you guys, what are you guys talking about? He knew what they were talking about. He knew completely what they were talking about. Why? Because he's Jesus and he just appeared on the road. He knows what they're talking about. What did he want to do? He wanted them to voice it. He wanted them to locate themselves. Where are you right now? And they were like, you don't know what's going on? He's like, no, go ahead and tell me. You tell me what's going on, right? It happened to him, but he said, tell me. He knows, and he knows what we know, but he wants us to hear ourselves say it. Why? Because that locates us in the conversation. What's going on? Who is this about? And he's like, hmm, really? Tell me more about this Jesus. It shows us where we are. So he leads us in that and locates us. Here, here, here's where you are on the road. In case you thought you were further along than you were, in case you thought you understood better than you do, I'm going to help you locate where you are. And then once I locate you where you are in your own heart and in your own mind, then I'm going to start taking you where you need to go. Why? Because they go through all of this stuff with him and he goes, so foolish and so slow of heart to believe what the prophets and the scriptures said about the Messiah. Didn't it, didn't it say, didn't he say, didn't, weren't, weren't you listening? But he didn't leave them there and be like, y'all are just dumb. I'm sorry you didn't catch it the first time. I'm going to go on to the next people. What did he do? He took the time. Jesus will join along with you where you are. He'll help you locate yourself on that road. And then he will take the time. Amen. He will take the time. What? To teach you. First of all, he told them the truth. He told them like it is. He said, y'all are missing it. Haven't you read? Haven't you heard? Here's where you've got it wrong, which is truthful. But then it was encouraging because then he told them the right. If somebody just comes along and tells you you're doing it wrong, you're bad, what's wrong with you, and then leaves, they have helped you none at all, except they made you feel lower. But when he comes and says, Foolish and so a heart. Here, come, come close. I've got time today. And then in verse 27, it says, Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted for them the things concerning himself in the scripture. So he, he translates the truth about himself and about life for them. And he does the same thing for us. You know, I got real caught up in this. Uh, when uh, we went to Honduras, when everything was in Spanish and things had to be translated, I, I, I realized Jesus didn't just take the message from a language we didn't understand to a language that we could understand. What he did is took a message that we couldn't understand and translated us to match it. 
Okay, so follow that. He, he didn't take Spanish and make it English for me. He took me and made me Spanish. That's the difference. That's what he does. That's the transformation that we're talking about. And he starts to walk that, walk that road with them, translating and opening up the truth, the message of the gospel, the scripture. He's like, this truth has been there this whole time. Let me unlock it for you so you can enjoy it with me. And he goes down through the whole thing from Moses on down. Guys, this is what you missed. This was about me. This was testifying of me. Look, this was glorifying God saying he's coming and here's what he's going to do. And you didn't see it then, but I want you to see it now. He loves us enough to find us where we are, to tell us the truth about ourselves, about our life, and about Him, and then to lead us on from there. He translates us for the truth. He doesn't translate the message for us. He translates us for the message. And that's the, the scripture, right? You've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of His dear Son. He didn't translate the kingdom for you. He translated you for the kingdom and then when they get to where they're going and he makes like he's going to keep it, they said it seemed like he wasn't going to stop there, that he was going to keep on walking. They said, hey, 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 we're stopping here. Stop with us. What does he do? He stays. He stays. They came near the village where they were going and he gave the impression he was going on farther, but they urged him, stay with us. It's almost evening. The day is almost over. So he went in and stayed with them. They just asked, hey, will you stay with us? Will you not go on? And either way would have been good because where would they have ended up if they had kept going with him where they were supposed to be? Probably where they were about to end up here in a little bit anyway. But they asked him, will you stay? Don't, don't leave us. And did he leave? No, he didn't. Because they said, what we need is for you to stay with us. It makes sense for you to leave. You know, but I don't think they were just being hospitable because it said, didn't our hearts burn? Right. They're getting something out of this that they've never gotten before. And when you experience life and time with Jesus, you don't uh, want that to be lessened. You want it to be continued. Because in him, we find something that is both original. There's nothing else like it. And it's integral, meaning that nothing else can do what it can do. We need it. It's a basic need that we have and, and they're finding that and they're like, stay with us, which I hear we want to hear more. We want to know more. And it said they urged him and then he did. He stayed and they went in and they, they, they sat down, reclined at the table and it says it was when he took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them that all of a sudden, whatever had prevented them from recognizing him, that fell away. And they're like, that's Jesus. That is Jesus, which is really cool that whatever it was fell away and was revealed. And maybe it was how he blessed the bread. I don't know if I've heard people say that, you know, because Jesus took the bread, blessed it when he fed the 5,000. He took the bread and he broke it at the Last Supper with his disciples. Who knows what it was, but it's just awesome because he'll teach us even before we realize it's him teaching us. Won't he? 
He'll teach us through things in life, through things that we wouldn't uh, even think that we could be taught truth through. He'll teach us through that before we even realize it's him. And we've had that happen where you're kind of learning about something. You're kind of wrestling with something. But, but it's the, the, like them. I'm interested in this. I just can't turn loose to this. What, 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 what is this that I keep turning over and over in my head? And then all of a sudden it's like reveal. He's like, yeah, I got you. This was me. And you're like, I see it. That was you. Oh, my gosh. That was you teaching me. It says then he just disappears, disappears from sight. And how does that part hit our life? He's there. He's teaching them. They're like, this is awesome. And all of a sudden, where do you go? What happened? But we have that in life, right? Where we'll be in his presence. And then it's like something changed. It's like, wait, 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 where, where did where did he go? One, one band wrote a song about the gap between the altar and the door. Right? Have you ever felt that? Like at the altar and God's presence, like everything makes sense. I know what I need to do. I know how I need to handle this. God, I've seen it so clearly. Oh my gosh, I've got the energy and the joy to do it. Now the peace is here. It's amazing. And then you get out the door and you're like, what happened to all of that? It all leaked out when I was on my way out. Right? Or as I go through the week, it's like, what? I had it. I've had it. And now it's just not, we, we, we experience that some in our life, right? As we're learning, as we're growing, it's like I can have those moments of clarity and then get right back into the fight. And I go, wait a second, now what was I, right? And so we feel that, but, but look at what it did to them. Because it felt like he had disappeared, right? Because he, poof, he's gone. And it feels like that in our life. But for them and also for us, wait a second, there's still something going on in my heart. I don't see him anymore. He's not at the table anymore. He's not here talking to us anymore. But there's something still churning in my heart. There's something that's still active in me. He has set something on the inside of me that is still at work. Like I can feel it. Like I don't. And they even said we can't stay here. Didn't our hearts burn within us? And so they get up and they go back to Jerusalem. They just come from Jerusalem. And they had just told him, hey, man, it's late in the day. We should probably just like. You should stay here with us. We shouldn't be going anywhere else. Why? It's dark. We're only traveling at dark. That's probably not a good idea. But they said, we can't stay here. We got to go back to Jerusalem. And so the, the churning and the burning in their hearts gets them up after dark and compels them. And they were happy to go. And why? They, they probably should have been there anyway. They should have stayed in Jerusalem anyway. Why were they leaving? Because it said, we were hoping that he was the Messiah. See, they, they'd already given up, so they left the city. They're hearing things like, yeah, but I don't know. Let's go back home. But it stirred them back up enough that they went back. They found the 11. They found the brothers. And they were an encouragement to them. They were able to say, take heart. Jesus is alive. Just like he said. Let me tell you, he met us on the road. Amen. So he will meet you on the road, wherever it is that you are. We're not the same, but he's the same with us. We can be in different spots on the road and both be walking with him. Now, that's not any of that horseman of like, oh, many paths lead to God. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you can locate yourself in different points in life that are very different from where somebody else may be in their walk, in their journey with him. But bless God, he's going to meet you where you are. He's the same with us. He'll show up where we are. He's going to lead us. He's going to say, here's where you are. 
Here's what's been going on. And he made them say it out of their own mouth. There's an aspect of confession that the Bible is really specific about. Like, I need to get this out. I need to say this. I need to say what I've been struggling with. I need to say what I've been concerned about. I need to be saying what I'm, what I'm confused about in the right context. Why? Because he already knows where we are. He's doing this for our benefit. So we get things out of the darkness and into the light. I'm here. Well, he already knows I'm here. And then he tells me the truth. What do you say? You're being foolish. You're being slow heart. You're not believing what was already said. Aren't you glad that there are people that will tell you the truth? If you go to some type of professional, you go to the doctor, you go to the Lord, you don't want them to go. I mean, yeah, I mean, everything's probably fine. Yeah. I mean, well, sure. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't worry about it. No, you want to tell you the truth. If something's wrong, tell me something's wrong. Why? So we start dealing with it. Because if something's wrong and you don't tell me something's wrong, then I just keep on going and wrong doesn't get better on its own. Right? So he tells us what is wrong. He tells us where we've missed it. And he reveals to us the truth about him, about the world, about life, about us, about the way things really work. And he opens our hearts and our minds to receive it. He translates us for the truth. And then he stays. He takes the time. He stays, he stays, he stays. And I know we'll read next week, he ascended to heaven. You know, he doesn't walk along beside you on the road, but he said, it's better for you that I go away. Why? Because I'm sending the comforter, the one that has been with you, but will be within you. And he stays. He stays. They said, don't leave. Just stay with us. He's like, I won't leave. I'm here with you. And then six, he, and I hadn't been telling you I was counting them, but I was counting them. So if that confused it, just let that go. He sets our hearts on fire. It's like, man, I've never felt like this before. Like the truth that he shared with them affected them in such a way that they were like, it felt like our hearts were burning on the inside of us. And then he takes that and he changes our direction. They were going to Emmaus and he turned them around and they came back to Jerusalem. He will change our direction, meet us where we are, set us towards where we need to be going. And we may have to walk back from Emmaus in the dark. We may have some miles to make back up because we headed way out the wrong way. We, were, we went way out of town. We may have to walk back and it may be a lonely walk back and it may be dark. But guess what? Again, they were still glad to be making that walk back because they had seen Jesus and he had lit their hearts on fire. They were glad to do something difficult because they had been with him and they were seeing clearly. Amen. So today in our life. You know, maybe we're on that road to Emmaus. Maybe we're saying, hey, I thought it was going to be this way. It's not this way. I thought it was going to be great. Not real great right now. And there's some just aggravation that comes up when we're dealing with things that we don't want to be dealing with. We're dealing with things that are difficult. They didn't meet our expectations. We can be right there on the road. And, and, and we can feel like I don't. I don't like this. I don't want to put up with this. I don't want to deal with this any longer. And what we need to know is he will meet you where you are. 
Who were they talking about? They were talking about him. And when they asked him to tell them more, when, he, when they asked him to stay, he did. And he does the same thing for us. So in those moments and in those times, you can go to him and go, I don't understand any of this. Right? They came to him and he asked me, he said, what's been going on? Tell me, how's it been going? Have you ever had anybody ask you that? And you're like, oh, it's going, going great. And then they pause and go, how's it going? It's not going good at all. Right? So it's usually that second question that gets us. It's the second one. The first one, we're like, ha ha, defense. I'm doing good. See, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Everything's going good. But that second one, especially when you know it's somebody that cares about you and is going to be there to support you and will love you even when you tell them what you're about to tell them. Did that second time, how are you, how, how's it really doing? And they went through it with him. They said, here's what we're dealing with. Here's what we don't understand. Here's our confusion. Here's our disappointment. And he was there to bring the comfort and the truth. And all they had to do was ask. It's available today. It's available every day. We have to remember that. We have to remember that. And then spending that time with him will set something on fire in here that will then change that direction. And we may say, I may have to deal with some stuff. I may be walking back from Emmaus in the dark, but let's go. Right. Why? Because because he has sparked something in me that is keeping me going. I have a hope that I didn't have before. I have a strength I didn't have before. I have a peace that I didn't have before. And I'm going to do what he told me to do. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you uh, for my brothers and sisters. Thank you for the church. Thank you for the worship that goes up from her to you. Thank you for putting this group of people together. You, you've called us to follow you. You hadn't called us to do it alone. I thank you, Lord. You not only put us together, but you are right there with us. As we're two and we, we are turning our attention and our worship to you, that you join us in the midst of that. I thank you that you meet us today, wherever it is that we are, wherever we find ourselves. Lord, we know we're not the same, but you are and you're taking us to the same home. Home with God the Father through you, Christ our Savior. I thank you for that. And I thank you for the comfort that you meet us where we are. And Lord, you give us the ability to speak out and say, I don't understand this. I'm confused by this. I'm, I'm disappointed about this. And then you tell us the truth. You lead us into truth and you set our hearts on fire to empower us to continue to follow after you. And if we've wandered off to Emmaus instead of staying at home in Jerusalem, that we turn around and we go back and we join together with the congregation of the saints to walk in that truth together. I thank you, Lord, that anyone today that would ask that of you and ask you to come close and to stay. I know that you will because that's what you do. You love us enough to take the time. And I thank you for giving us a community to walk together with in those moments of confusion, in those moments that we're disheartened so that we can be built up and encouraged 
again. Thank you that the risen, victorious, overcoming Savior takes the time to meet with us right where we are. Father, I think as we go today, we go in peace and unity together with each other. Keep us safe. God, as we do all this cleanup and everything from so whatever it is, whatever it may be, I think that we won't grow weary, we won't lose heart, and we won't lose sight of what's most important in our life, and that is our relationship with you and then those that you have placed in our life to do life with. We thank you for your goodness, for your mercy, for your love. Lord, we pray for those that aren't here with us today. For whatever reason, I thank you that you comfort them right where they are. Right where they are, I thank you that you're there and that you're more than enough for them. Thank you that as we launch out into this week, we do so with you in mind. Lord, order our steps. Put us in the right place at the right time with the right people. Put words on our tongue when they need to be there and close that mouth when it doesn't need to be open. Thank you, Lord, for the wisdom to know the difference. And thank you so much for your love for us and the hope that we have in Jesus. We thank you in his name. And everybody say amen.